Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Review Show here on um, New Zealand Sports Radio. Uh, yes, it's our Sunday 8pm chat where we go through all of the action from the weekend. And boy, oh boy, uh, it was big, big weekend, wasn't it? Because you know what? We had the Minor 10 Cup Championship final between Hawke's Bay and uh, Northland, uh, which I don't think went... Uh, well, I guess the end result was where we expected it to be, but boy, oh boy, uh, it didn't look like that at half time. Um, we then also had the Auckland versus Tasman um, premiership final in the Minor 10 Cup, and boy, oh boy, again, down to just one point. So, uh, crack. So yeah, really tense game there um, in that one. Um, we also had the uh, Pumas against the All Blacks. The All Blacks coming off back-to-back losses and their first ever loss against uh, two Pumas. The Pumas coming off of uh, beating the All Blacks, drawing with the Wallabies. Could they keep it up three weeks on the trot? Um, I must admit, I have not been so hyped for a game in a long time as, as, as that one. That one really uh, um, really got me going in the, in, in the warm-up. Um, we might also touch on a couple of games that have come out of Europe as well, England versus Wales and France versus Italy. Um, and uh, to join me to go through all of that, it's none other than Mr. Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Oh, very good. Thank you, Paul. Always a privilege and a pleasure to uh, be on the show. And it's uh, with a tinge of sadness as well, knowing that uh, we've just seen the last uh, two games of the uh, 2020 Mighty Team Cup uh, season. But uh, it's not quite the end of it. We've got another game coming up locally next weekend well yes don't forget folks here yeah, we will be back next weekend because we do have that uh, local game that the seems all about which is the Maori all blacks versus the um, moana pacifica but also the final game of the rugby championship is next weekend as well with the um the pumas versus the wallabies um there whilst the all blacks are in pole position to win to win the tournament they could the one of those two teams could potentially win it. i need to go away and look at the actual combination the the, uh, the situation, but that is my understanding. Hey, Alex, great to see you here you on the live chat. Um, wonderful to have a chat, to have you here with us. Um, and also, obviously, next weekend we have the finals of the Autumn Nations Cup up in um, the uh, gone blank up in Europe. There we go. Um, where do you want to start then? Should we start with the big game with the uh, the internationals, or do you want to start with the uh, the minor ten cup? And uh, oh, where, 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 where true rugby lovers love it. Yeah, well, listen, we'll start with the uh, Mighty Team Cup, the heart and soul of the uh, the New Zealand game. And, of course, we start with their championship final down in uh, Napier on a Friday night. Napier, I beg your pardon, Hawks Bay going in as favourites. But like you say, at the beginning, Paul, it didn't quite play out how we thought it would play out. Result, probably what we expected, but not quite how it would eventually turn out. It was a... Um... The uh, yeah, it was it, it was a crazy first half, wasn't it? Um, in that um, because in that first half, um, was it gonna be a round one games? I want round, I'd like the final. There we go, round that's round 12. But where are the finals? Um, the um, because look, I Northland got that early score, which really was um, I think which which, which they really needed to make this a game, didn't they? If if um, Hawkesbury had come out, put on 10 points, then it would have been just ground out and the game would have been over, but. 
both sides not um, very clinical or, or, or both sides making mistakes that allowed the others to score in that first half. Um, and it was all topsy-turvy, wasn't it? Crazy, some, some crazy rugby. Yeah, probably in the case of Hawksbury, maybe not playing Northland quite enough. <clears throat> Respect that early try coming from a from a quick throw in which Rennie Ranger read reasonably well and just obviously forced a, a period of, a, of attack. And from that attack, um, Northland scored from from uh, from uh, close range. But of course, uh, one of the issues for Northland was just their their defence at times. And then they led in a set try, and before you knew it, it was seven, it was seven all. Um, Nero Foreman with a with a break breaking a couple of tackles and uh, uh, sprinting sprinting away to score. So yeah, really really crazy start to the game. And it was almost like uh, uh, two teams had, had decided in the first half there wouldn't be any tackling in this championship final. Yeah, I used to say those, we, had, we had those um, um, Lee score after just uh, sort of eight minutes. Low came straight back about three minutes later. They put on a second one. Um, with with, with Formai, and you're thinking, oh, it's 12, 12, 12 7, could it blow out here? But no, then it was Northland's turn to put, put on a couple of tries with Grant getting one, and then Robinson to take the lead, only for um, Viziani to pull it back, and it was all even at half time. And you're a bit breathless at that point. What do you look? 30, 34 points in the first 40 minutes, and you're thinking, boy, if they keep up at this rate, um, it's uh, it's going to be a cracker. But yeah, the second half didn't quite, uh, the, 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 um, I think the, the coaches had, had a word. With some of the players had gotten to calm down. Uh, look, this is finals footy, folks. Don't get too carried away. Um, and as you say, I think there was perhaps a bit too much energy um, coming into that game, and both of them were just, um, uh, were just yeah, were just too yeah, perhaps too hyped for the game. Um, remember, this is Northland's first ever um, final in this format, um, which is which is fantastic. Um, their last final was against the Vikings. Um, which obviously was kind of the Hawks Bay back then. The Hawks Bay, man, were two back together again. Um, but that was when we had three level. I, I, well, before before my time, anyway. Um, so it's a long, long time ago. And yeah, I think that basically that uh, I think quite a lot of players perhaps have just had a bit too much hype during the week um, running up to this one, and uh, it's um, it all was a bit crazy. Um, yeah, as. Um, as Oren says, it was a bit difficult keeping uh, for some people keeping their eyes on this one because we've got the we had T20s going on left, right, and centre, and one day internationals. Um, so lots of cricket, and to be this late in the se- this late late in the year, doing playing this kind of rugby, um, uh, I'm enjoying it. But, uh, but I'm, I'm sure that people who like a couple, who like some of the sports are probably finding it a bit tough to keep track of everything. Steve, oh, very, very, very much so, Paul. It was uh, listen. It was important to Northam to stay in touch. At, uh, at 17 all on half time, but it was actually really important that they started the second half well because they needed to take this game deep into the 80 minutes. But unfortunately, it didn't quite happen. And I think once they fell a couple of tries behind, a bit of panic uh, uh, set in, and of course, just losing Tom Robinson to an injury who'd just given them so much energy in the first half. I mean, to so say he's got one of the outstanding stats in the Mitre 10 Cup, I believe, probably the top one of the top tacklers. And the Maritain Cup, and of course, uh, once he left the field, I think they lost a lot of energy in and around their breakdown. Tactically, they played it reasonably well in the first half by uh, playing most of the game in the uh, Magpies' half. But I thought their, their kicking game just went a little bit to pieces in the second half. And of course, uh, one area where the Magpies exploited Northern was uh, through the middle and one uh, Fulao Fakatava just pretty much had, uh, you could say, the game of the season and caused so much damage up up, up the middle um, <clears throat> when the uh, Northern Guard Dogs just weren't watching. And I think that probably said to me at the end of the day how crucial it was losing somebody like Sam Nock, who's got so much pace um, and and defensively gets does a lot of work in behind that second line. When breaks are made, you saw it with Formai and also Fakatava make those incredible breaks um, you know, and both of those leading to tries as well. And I think once Hawks Bay got ahead, then you saw the uh, the leadership of uh, Ash Dixon uh, come into play. He'd obviously just done enough to to lift the Hawks Bay forward effort. And despite a mini little comeback where they gave Northern gave himself a sniff of sniff of a chance when Tamati Tua uh, scored um, to bring it back to about what well, the eventual final score was at 36, 24, 12, 12. 12-point spread, I think the game was as much as as done. And uh, listen, full credit to um, to uh, to Hawks Bay. I thought they were very good. Fakatava, I thought, was very good 
for Hawks Hawks Bay. The loose forwards were a little bit uh, quieter than what I've seen the uh, Hawks Bay uh, loose forwards, but I thought up front there was a really good shift from Pody Darkety Staines in the front row. Got a real generous round of applause when he uh, left the field. And um, listen, I think it was just probably indicative of the effort of the night. Yeah, I think. Look, I think what we also saw here was um, the some of the play between um, Fukutawa and also uh, the um, Devon Flanders. I mean, the, this, the, 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 these these guys have been playing together for quite a few years now, um, and uh, because they've, they've they've come up together through the through the um, the levels, uh, and I, I think that kind of um, uh, the, the connectivity, the, the 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 just just knowing what each other would do. Really helped in that second half, where they tried to sort of simple, yeah, guys, calm it down. Um, look where, look, look, play what's in front of you. Look for the don't look. Don't think you can do stuff against this northern team. Um, you're gonna have to look. At when have you got the mismatches? When have you got the gaps? Then go for it. And the fact that yeah, that 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 um, those combinations I think worked really well um, for them. Kurt Baker, um, yeah, particularly that first half was one of the guys who lost his head um, and just. Um, Thought he was playing sevens, um, and uh, managed to, and, and and he was one of the guys who had to be really reined in um, a bit. Uh, the um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Will Grant look had a decent game. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a super rugby player, is he? Um, no. Whereas Sam Knock is, and that was the, no. the, the, the that that different level of class of, of running the running the team. No. Um, and then also when you got Daniel Hawkins on again, um, young guy, not used to this level. Again, didn't have a bad game, but but having that combination of Grant and Hawkins, two inexperienced guys trying to run the show, um, is very different uh, from having two two uh, two guys with a lot more experience uh, trying trying to do it. And I think that was possibly Northern's problems as well. Yeah, you, you, you saw an example I think early in the first half when Hawkins got a, a kick charge down and he was asking Grant to throw about a fifteen meter pass back to him. Where you know if Sam knocks there, I think Sam knock takes the responsibility of of clearing the ball to touch. I think Hawkins is Hawkins is pretty inexperienced, but then again, he's I don't think he's probably experienced a final at this this particular level. And I think at times it, it, it actually did show. Johnny Cooper offered something a little bit different, but to be honest, I think when he came on, they were in damage control. Control. Listen, full credit to the two halfbacks because basically what you were seeing was their number three. And with Corey Taylor, the replacement who came on, that was their number three and number four halfbacks that, that you were watching. Of course, Harrison Levine, who's their number two, um, opted out after round three to have uh, shoulder surgery. Now, apparently they could have played him, but uh, against the advice of the surgeon, they uh, decided uh, not to. And listen, it was the right result at the end of the day. I think Hawks Bay are well and truly geared to go into the Premiership division. We saw the two best teams playing in the final. Which, which was correct, but I think the right result in terms of the team that's going up, as you've seen in Super Rugby, I'm sorry, beg your pardon, in Premiership Rugby, and we'll touch upon it shortly, you have got to have a strong squad across the board to basically make sure you can take the uh, the hit of injuries throughout the season. Listen, for the North and Tanifa, they've got to be happy um, with where they finished up. If you remember, Paul, one of our very first interviews um, when uh, NZ Sport Radio started up was with, with Cam Bell, the Northern uh, CEO, and I can remember him saying, well, we haven't got much money, we haven't got much money for a player budget, no academy, no high-performance centre. So, listen, I think if we told him at the beginning of the season he'd be playing in the final, I'm pretty sure he would have taken that. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how their reviews, um, player reviews play out over the uh, next couple of weeks or so. You know, we speak about that Hawks Bay side being a very, very young side and all those boys out of Hastings boys. I think it's probably time for Northern to inject a dose of uh, youth into the Tanipa. Yep, um, interesting. And uh, One of the things that um, I'm going to be, uh, to, be to be doing over the next uh, week or two um, will be having a, uh, a chat with um, uh, Cam Campbell, the, the, the CEO for Northland. I've also... Um, got Aaron, the CEO for uh, County's Manukau, uh, and I'm hoping to get the CEO for um, Southland on board as well, because they're all first-year CEOs um, for the provinces, uh, and I, so I'm going to try and do a roundtable with the three of them. It might be too much of an ask, I might have to do them separately, um, but look out for those coming up, because, um, yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see how these guys have gone in their first year. Let's be honest, it's been a fun year, uh, <laughs> or it's been a, an unprecedented year, 
um, to be uh, to be thrown into the deep end. Um, definitely, as as a CEO, you got to learning a lot of things. So it'll be um, uh, yeah. So we will be hearing from from them. Um, the uh, yep, um, Boa comes in and says that um, one bridge too far with only one win from six previous visits to Hawks Bay. Uh, yeah, look, it, look in and Hawk, Northern don't want to hear this, but. It's good that they didn't win this game. If they went up next year, they would really struggle with the Premiership, to be honest. Um, but they, uh, they, 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 they don't have the player depth to, to cope at that level. Um, but, um, but uh, yeah, as you say, the, the right side won. Um, Paul, 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 I was going to say, we'll still work on getting you a, getting you a, a Northland hoodie, despite what you just said, mate. So <laughs> that'll be all good there. Listen, remiss of me just not to mention the coaching staff for Northland as well, um, you know, George Cornier, uh, Tui, Tui Rayleigh, and also uh, Graham Dews and their management team. Congratulations to them, but also congratulations to uh, uh, jo- Mark Ozich and, and um, Josh Symes as um, as well with the uh, Hawks Bay uh, team. They've done an absolutely fantastic job and they are well and truly geared to take on the Premiership. Yep. Um, then moving on then to the... Um... Uh, to, to the uh, uh, to, to the following night, Aaron says before the phone dies. Very disappointed by Auckland in the final. Thought it was a poor effort, but they've been on a decline for the last few games. Um, look, uh, yeah, I, I think there was definitely an element of, of of Auckland kind of stumbling into the final um, to 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 a degree. They, they started they they, they started off the season really really well um, and did have a couple of um, uh, um, not great performances towards the end of the season, um, but then again. I think I don't think I don't think the Marco were were necessarily coming into this on massive massively high on form either. Um, the um, oh, actually yes, one player we didn't talk about, um, Johnny Masalai, had a really good game for um, for the Sunnyfire, and I think yeah, we'll see him. That, that that's a name we're going to be we, we we should be seeing more of um, over the next uh, year or so. Um, I don't know what kind of contract he's got lined up next, um, Stephen. Any any news on that? Um, well, he did have a contract earlier in the, uh, the season. He was playing over in Japan, and because of COVID, he ended up back up in New Zealand. I'd expect them to be re-signed uh, by by Northland. I know the Blues were interested in, in him as a uh, maybe a wider training squad uh, player. So I think if he hangs around, we know we always have injuries at a super rugby level. But you'll see more of Johnny Masalai next uh, Saturday night when he's part of the Mana Pacifica Barbarians. Is that what we call them, Paul? No, just Manawa uh, Pacifica. Um, Manawa Pacifica, it, Pacifica Yep, no, no, no barbarians, please. Um, the uh, um, Paul Alexander also, yeah, Auckland's lineouts were were, were were shocking. Yeah, look, that first half, both sets of coaches would not would, would not have been particularly happy um, with the uh, with with the performances of their sides. Um, Tasman were definitely on top in this one uh, in that first half. I remember tweeting out, "Look, Tasman are really." Got no one else to blame if they, if they lose this. They're throwing this game away. They were they were getting themselves into Auckland's territory, and then giving a giving away a penalty. Um, and there's been a lot of offensive penalties um, given away in this game, which meant neither side really got their things got got themselves going, um, or could really sort of march down the pitch. When you get a couple of defensive penalties, that basically puts you down the pitch, and you can get some points on the board. If, you, if you're giving away attacking penalties, it's generally in the opposition half when you're going well. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, there were just too many too many attacking penalties given um, by both sides in this one. Defense were, defense was on top um, initially, weren't they? Soon? Yeah, yeah oh, I agree. You know, um, Paul, the real disappointment for me, and I agree with Paul Alexander. And I'll be interested to get Paul's thought. The disappointing thing for me um, was, you know, Celeste Rayasi has been one of the outstanding players in the the Mitre Ten Cup, if not the outstanding player, but. You know, at, at no stage uh, yesterday did we actually see him with 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 a bit of pace, or you know, there was a little bit of work around um, a midfield. Probably one of the risks that you have in having a, a winger at second five, Taniela uh, Talia, who's been good for Auckland all all season. But I don't know if there was a lot of creativity around that midfield, and I just wanted to actually see him with it with a little bit more as. As Stefan um, Minton, Stefan uh, Minton basically also makes the, the same point. We just did not see that ball get wide, and was a little bit disappointed. I think Auckland just fell into the trap of trying to take on Tasman 
around the fringes, but uh, uh, Tasman really, really stood up. In fact, the game, I thought, Paul, was really played between the two 22s. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's kind of what happens when your defences can get on top, is that the uh, yeah you, you don't seem to be able to get it to make that ground um, there. And, uh, yeah, that's that's part of part of it and yeah so coming in and with uh, yeah, with, with, with Tasman basically trailing all the way up um, up until just before half time and they got that try um, after um, time was up uh, and uh, they really kind of needed that and you think you were thinking okay they've got that try now uh, they've been on top they've they've, they've 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 had the opportunity to get points but not actually um, getting the points that they'll push on in the second half but that didn't really kind of happen um the um, we only had two scores in that um, uh, in that second half, and I think I tweeted even during the first half. Where were the drop goals? When you know you're getting into opposition's half, uh, but you're not breaking them down to score points, you're not getting um, opportunities to kick penalties. There were just no drop goals going over, and you're thinking this this game is screaming out being a three pointer. Um, no one's scoring tries. No one's getting many points on the board. Every point's going to count. And the fact that we didn't have an attempt to drop goal until the 78th minute, and that was a pretty shocking one when we got it, was um, to me was just an absolute did my head in as to why we didn't have more drop uh, some 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 drop goals there. Just get that scoreboard ticking over. Um, it, it was nuts. Paul, I'm just I'm just nodding my head here because you know, uh, as you know, I, I watch a bit of the the Premiership, and you know sometimes you are watching some very very dour games, but boy those premiership teams, if they're not getting any headway and they've been down in an attacking region for a long time, they will take a take a drop kick. And uh, really and truthfully, I think a lot of uh, a lot of coaches have really got to change their, their mindset in and around the, the drop goal, Bob, because that's all it really came down to, to yesterday. Auckland, you know, even at times in that last five minutes, I just thought, man, just keep picking and going towards the front of the post, but they actually kept actually using runners um, sideways, which I just found absolutely crazy because you were just shutting. Now, I don't know whether they were trying to open up space in the middle of the paddock, but to my way of, way of thinking, just keep going down that middle, middle channel. That way you can actually draw some defenders in, and if there's the opportunity, you can move the ball a little bit wider. So, really disappointing. And listen, Tasman were guilty of it as well. They, they turned down a couple of penalty opportunities as well, which could have stretched the score out. And in the end, it took a David Harvilli uh, penalty, what, 35-odd metres on the angle to do the business. So there wasn't a lot of smart intellectual, I say, going on when these teams really, really needed it. No, we, we're talking about so, to, Rassi, but he got seven carries in this game, which, I mean, um, sure, I mean, Ruru got nine, um, Tamua Manu got, got eight. But those seven carries were 16 metres. So for a certain degree, you've got to say, look, Tasman... Um, did their homework, made sure he didn't get space in there. Whereas you look at someone like um, Lester Franuku, who got the ball 15 times um, uh, for 79 meters, and you're like, yeah, there's a guy who 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 uh, he hasn't perhaps had the try scoring record that um, Rossi has, but his power uh, and he, he's 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 been a great player this season. Paul, great, great, great point. Listen, I think. Auckland could have used Rayasi in the same way, bought, bought him off first five, either inside or outside first five, and just to hold that line. And that's what Fayanuku was doing every time in those 15 touches. I can guarantee he actually got over the advantage line. But more importantly, it took about three guys to pull him down, Paul. And, and, and that was the thing. And it was just enough go forward for Tasman to, to, to basically have the cleaners there all the time because you didn't see a lot of lot of turnover ball and you know I think once they had nailed down that, that, that tactic they just continually continually used it despite losing uh, um, losing Mitch Hunt so early in the game yeah you're actually having lost Mitch Hunt um, they, they did very well um, to, um, uh, to to keep their game plan going with uh, with with a um, yeah, very inexperienced um, player um, Aaron brings up the point: Are there any hookers in Auckland that can throw a ball into a lineup properly? Well, I'm afraid, rephrase any any hookers in the country that can, because there's a lot of hookers, especially when I see younger hookers, your older hookers, your Ash Dixons, your Olsen, um, those guys can throw in. But the younger hookers, um, I think there's there's been a lot of this kind of right. 
your front row's got to be mobile around the pitch. Um, so, guys, you've got to get your ball handling skills. You've got to get your mobility around the pitch. You've got to get your tackling up. Um, and I think there's been a lack of focus on the set piece for particularly front rowers. Um, and that um, your scrummage, your, your, your props as well. There's quite a few props now. And you go, oh, yes, he's great around the park. But would you really want it? Will, will, will he lock the scrum out for you? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, and hence why someone like Carl, um, Carl Swanek-McAfee, who's come back from, who's been, what was he, 25, 26, before he actually got his first Super Rugby contract, um, came in. Uh, and yeah, he, by that time he'd got his, he could, because he was a scrummaging um, prop and, and, got his, and got his scrummaging sorted out. Um, not perhaps the guy that, the most mobile around the pitch, uh, especially in his younger days. Um, uh, and yeah, I just think it's just something that's not valued by by coaches or in the game nowadays is 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 getting your set piece right and then building the other pieces onto it. Mm. Paul, I uh, I've um, I agree with everything everything you say there. The other thing I was just going to touch upon that's the two yellow cards. Well, yeah, listen, Angus Talval one he, he obviously ended up uh, obviously ended up taking one for the team that already had. Uh, had prior prior warnings, and then of course he comes back on, and no sooner than he's trotting back on, Zan Sullivan gets one for a deliberate knockdown, and that was always going to be a yellow card. So you just felt Auckland were just always a little bit behind the uh, behind the eight ball um, in, in in terms of trying to claw their way back in the game. But I I did I will give them credit; they showed some tremendous tenacity to defend during that time where. Um, where Tasman had two clear clear cut chances. Obviously, the player going out in the corner and across the other side, when all they needed was a good good pass to Talia. But uh, they, I think the last pass looked like it was heading to the men. Somebody sitting in the grandstand, as as opposed to Talia. And quite frank, quite frankly, um, it could have it could have changed uh, completely. Um, Stefan Minton just mentions a player who used to play club rugby in Auckland, Stacey Ely. From the uh, Manuko Club, I know Stephanson involved with some of these uh, South, uh, South Auckland clubs, and that's that's a real, real good point. You, sometimes you need a, a bit of a stepper in the midfield. He, he mentions there Talia and Manu, Manu have the, the, the same old, same sort of game where they're both power runners, and that's what I sort of meant before about maybe sometimes having somebody who's a little bit creative. And um, you, you probably got to say they, they may have missed. TJ Fayani, you know, just a little bit more creative in that in and around that second five role, Paul. So uh, listen, listen, injuries injuries happen. Every team's had to work with the injuries. Even even Tasman uh, throughout the season have, have lost some players through through injury. I actually saw that when they were all hopping on the bus. Some of the players that they didn't have available through injury, it was actually quite frightening. <laughs> the oh no, they 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 have lost a bunch of players, but but some. Uh, uh, and and there's there's kind of a bit there's, there's a fair made out of that in the um, uh, in, in 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 that um, but um, the I've got to say that I, th- I think that as you say all teams lose that lose 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 players so I'm not sure that Tasman were, were, were hurt any more than more than anyone else but yeah I think yeah you're right TJ Fiani massive loss for this Auckland team remember two years ago when they went to the title how would the, how how did a lot of that come was TJ's um, breaks and then with Manu running off his shoulder. Um, the, the, the number of times those two combined uh, to, to score a try was unreal um, two years ago. Uh, yeah, so TJ Fiani being in a moon boot this whole season really has not, has, has really been a big loss um, for this Auckland side and also their captain as well. Um, so that leadership as well that uh, that I think that, that obviously they that they could have done with um, from, from, from there. Um the so yeah so uh, look Tasman were, were the right side uh, were, were the better team they should have they, they should not have left this down to one point um, look Auckland could have snatched it at the end uh, but um, but just couldn't uh, couldn't get that drop goal over uh, couldn't hold on to the ball um, and uh, you got to say that yeah that's the, the right team won uh, and they should have won by a bigger margin they they didn't play well um, Paul, Paul, one thing I, I do do want to quickly touch upon, and it was something that we we brought up in the press box. There was a lot of kicking, uh, a lot of box kicking going on, and um, of course, something that um, I actually thought um, Tasman did really well with their high kicks. The, the height, the kicks from Christie were really well placed, and they actually flooded 
flooded the middle of the field with a, with a, with a lot of players. So when the when the catcher was was going there, he had a lot of players in front of him, and there seemed to be a lot of blue and red bodies in in, in front of him, and it basically in his line eye line, not not doing anything illegal, but just putting enough. Uh, pressure on, on, on the catcher and I thought they did really, really well where I thought Auckland from a Jonathan Ruru point of view, I actually thought their tactics were poor because David Havili is very good under the high ball and I think Auckland, if they were to kick, I think they were better off kicking longer and away from Havili. Just your thoughts? Yeah, I thought I, I thought um, Les Franaku um, was, was also really good under the high ball mm. um, as well. Again, if you say do you really care how many bodies are in front of you if you're as powerful as he is? You're going to come down and, and smack them out of the way. Um, so perhaps by the, by having his his physicality means that he doesn't have to worry quite so much about all those players being in the way, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, kicking. I, I understand. Okay, there's, there's been a lot of talk this past week that the side that kicks the most wins the games, um, and that's come out from the All Blacks. It's also come out in Europe as well. The, the kicking the, the side that kicks kicks most wins wins the game, but when you're kicking to a back three of as you say Fanganuku, Talea, uh, and Havili, at some point they're going to hurt you, right? They're going to diffuse most of the things and they're going to hurt you. So you, it's it's not a good move. Sure, you don't want to play too much rugby in your own half, but um, you want to make sure it bounces and goes out, and then try and contest at the line out. But then again, as Paul, um, as says, yeah, the lineouts were shocking. So, uh, but both lineouts were, were, were both, both teams actually were better off asking the opposition to throw in for them because they stole more <laughs> than they actually won. Um, the, um, so I think actually because both teams' lineup lineups, especially in that first half, were not working, yeah, just make sure you hit grass, get it, get, get the ball to roll out, and and then challenge the lineup in, the, in their half because you know they're not going to maul you from. From, from 60 meters so just yeah just pin them back and, and just put pressure on that line out because it was creaking um so why not but uh yeah so he's, and you're right game management from both teams oh for game management particularly from from auckland it was more execution from 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 tasman a bit of game management around the fact not taking drop goals but game management from auckland yeah you're right they got it wrong um but but their defense was really good i mean look they they, they stayed in this in, in this game um, right up until the end, um, despite um, the uh, 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 despite Tasman having eight clean breaks to, to Auckland's one, um, so the scrambled defence, the amount of work they were putting in, um, was, uh, was 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 impressive by this Auckland team. Um, there was plenty of heart there. They just uh, came up against a better side in the day. Yeah, exactly. You know, Paul, if we if we're looking around for for players of the day, well, I, I think there's probably a couple couple to me that. That stood out for Tasman. Obviously, Lester Fire Nuku, I, I, I thought was the outstanding player on the paddock. He did did most most things well. He, he beat tackles all the time. Took the ball high. I, he was probably my player of the day. And uh, listen, I thought closely followed by I thought Hugh Renton was very good in the pack, really accurate. And being there at the ground, he was t- always geeing the players up. Got a couple of key turnovers near near the end of the game as well. And and probably one of their their unsung heroes along with this their their skipper um, Quinton Quinton Strange, who was very good, always always a good source of ball when the lineout was functioning. Um, <laughs> um, that is, I thought I thought he was very good. And in, in, in terms of Auckland, I probably got to I've got to scratch my head a little bit to think who maybe was their their player player of the day. Paul, I, 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 listen, I love the way Adrian Chape plays the game. He always puts in a a, a very a very honest effort, and I thought him and Nico James. Were really good value for uh, for Auckland, you know, in an area at breakdown where I thought probably they were slightly edged on the night by Tasman. Talking of Jones, uh, Michael Jones, uh, your your interview with him is up on our Facebook page. So, folks, if you want to hear his thoughts after the game, um, go to our Facebook page uh, for Stephen's uh, interview with Michael Jones. Um, you also had a chat with um, Hugh Renton um, and somebody else. I've gone blank. Who the other player was now? Oh, Kieran, Kieran, Kieran. Well, I thought Kieran Fonatia. Was, mm. would be an interesting one because he looked like he'd already had a couple of beers, so I thought he would probably say, <laughs> say anything at the time. But listen, he was like a little kid in a sand at a, at a at a candy store to, you know, one of the highlights of, of his career has obviously been over in Wales 
um, playing for both the Ospreys and, and Scarlets as well. So to be back in New Zealand and win a Modern Cup title on Eden Park, hey, he said it's it's what dreams are made of. So also look out for that interview as well. Speaks very, very frankly. Uh, he spoke about the size of the Auckland backs because, you know, Kieran's not a small man himself, got yeah, over, over six foot, but he said the uh, Auckland backs are absolutely like giants and he was absolutely wrapped that the uh, Tasman forwards for the main part and their game drivers kept the ball away from them. So that was, that was you know, that was quite an interesting mm. comment. Yeah, no, so yeah, let's move on to the, uh, the, the big game of the weekend. I was getting really amped for this game, the Pumas versus the All Blacks um, pre-game. Uh, look, um, so, now, I put a tweet out saying that this was a must-win game for the All Blacks. And a couple of weeks come back and say, oh, every game for the All Blacks is a must-win game. And I'm like, no. <laughs> there are some games, look, we, there is an expectation that the All Blacks will win every game. Absolutely, I get that. Um, but a game where you've got a total set of, uh, where you've changed uh, changed 23 players and you're up against Japan, um, doesn't have a must-feel win about it. Yes, you're going to have to. Yes, you're going to win it, but it's not like we have um, the pressure's on to win this game. Um, the pressure wasn't on last weekend or uh, two weekends ago to beat the Pumas because people were expecting them to win, um, and we, we we expected the game to sort of play out probably the way this one did actually. Um, so I think coming at the 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 amount of um, uh, uh, I'm not stress is the wrong word here, um, but yeah, the amount of stress that I've been feeling. Oh, the amount of um, focus on you, we have to win this game. I think I think it was much higher in this game than probably the All Blacks have felt since a since a, a knockout game in, in the Rugby World Cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, Paul. Listen, I'm almost remiss of us. We congratulated the Hawks Bay coaches, but we should oh, congratulate the, the Tasman coaches as well. Andrew Goodman, Clark Dermody, and of course uh, Shane Shane Christie. They are back to back champions. Uh, the Tasman Marco and and just finally a quick word for Alama Iramia and um, and also Philo Tiatia. Uh, Alama, very very gracious. A little, a little funny moment. We were just about to start the the press conference and the Tasman started breaking out in their song and uh, we waited to start the press conference until the song was finished. And I must admit, it gave uh, Alama a bit of a, an assam, a samba. Alama Iramia a bit of a chuckle. chuckle and I thought to myself, gee, you're a classic, you know, despite despite the uh, frivolity going on in, in, in the back, background from uh, Tasman. So congratulations to uh, to both those sides. I think for I think for Auckland going forward, I think they've got a good thing, a lot of good young young players. But uh, listen, Paul, for me, I, I missed the first thirty minutes of that uh, All Black game last night. But I was listening, tuning into the uh, the comment, radio commentary. Last night, it just sounded like the All Blacks had a lot of ball in that first half. And, yeah, I agree with your comments before. It was a must-win game because um, Ian Foster would have had more than a, a rock in his back over summer. It would have probably been, would have felt more like a sword in, in his back, especially by the, not just the New Zealand Rugby Union public, but uh, also the uh, press here in New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's been... Uh, an age since they, or it'll be a long time since they've, they've lost back-to-back games. Um, this year, this is this this game. The, their next game will be in July, probably. Um, so to go for the, yeah, to, to to be going into a six-month layoff and to lose that and to go in with with a lost game would have been massive. Um, and would have just been six months of negative negative press, all shooting at Ian Foster. Now, is he going to get massive praise and uh, massive positive press in the next six months? No. But at least he could turn around and go, I won my last game. You're only as good as your last game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got some sort of defense for that. Um, Alex says it was like the All Blacks dusted off the old game, the old game plan from uh, the McCaw era. Um, and yeah, the, the, the big, big difference, I mean, and, and it only took the first five minutes before you knew this was uh, the, 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 the All Blacks were going to win this one, purely down to the fact they were getting over the game line um, and the Pumas were not being able to slow down the All Blacks ball. Um, and if you if if you're getting over the game line and you're getting pretty quick uh, de- decent um, de- good ball, that set of backs <laughs> and well and forwards are going to cause you a lot and lot of problems. Um, previous weeks they haven't the, the 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 physicality of the Pumas meant that they could uh, that the, the, the All Blacks weren't getting over that game line. Um, they were getting the All Blacks involved in a bunch of stuff that wasn't actually playing rugby. 
and we didn't see that as much this game. Um, and I thought, to me, it was summed up by a, a, a player that we have uh, that we, that we criticised in the past because he does has historically got involved in just too much off the ball stuff, which is a Kiriwani. Join this game, Kramer had a go uh, at scrum time at one at um, uh, at the scrum half, which I, by, by, which would have been Aaron Smith at the time, and uh, Akiri, and I'm just, just like, oh, Akiriwani is the blindside flank. He's right there. This is going to kick off. No. What did Kiriwani do? He stood between Kramer and the and, and the scrum half to protect his scrum half, like a good forward is supposed to do. But he just stood there and just looked at it. He didn't actually bring, he didn't put his hands up, he didn't start mouthing off, he didn't start, he, he didn't escalate it. He just went, I'm protecting my my my, my, my scrum half. Um and uh, and I'm just gonna block it. Uh, and I'm just gonna I'm just, just, just gonna stand here and not get involved. And to me, I think that was a um uh, yeah, as 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 Aaron says, I think. Um, I think Akira needs a mention. He, to me, he looks like he's finally starting to mature. And I thought, yes, exactly. That's I guess that's the point I'm making here. Is that yeah, he he uh, uh, and if he is maturing and behaving like that, then you've got to say that being a well, being the rookie in the side, you're taking your feel, you're taking the lead off the other leaders in there. And if Sam Kane had been had been saying pre-game, guys. In their face, no, 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 no backward step. Then he would have stepped up and started something. But clearly, um, he was following the lead of the of, of the older players, and um, yeah, it was a very good, uh, a, 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 a very good performance from them from that point of view as well. Oh, Paul, I think we, we we've also I think he made a little bit of a mini statement as well. Um, you know that number six jersey for the All Blacks has never really been nailed down since uh, Jerome Kaino. Um, moved on from the All Blacks. Of course, they've tried a few people, uh, Liam Squire, um, Via Fafita. Um, they've also tried, um, oh, jeepers, it's gone, gone out of got out of my head, boyfriend. Hey, Fr um, Frizzell's Frizzell. been in there. Um, we've also well. um, had um, Fafita has had a go. Um, yeah, there's been a few, there's been a few players who have, who have been tried out there and not really nailed it. Um, so here's a question for you then. Uh, you, you've just um, okay. Stephen's gone and lost my lost the sound, unfortunately. Um, but so, so when when he comes back, um, um, uh, so can it, if, if if someone can put in the comments whether they can still hear me, that'd be much appreciated. Uh, okay, Stephen's dropped off. We'll come back. Um, but yes, so um, as yeah, as I said, yeah, this this could be the start of something um, special for the All Blacks with the maturity and calmness and discipline they showed. Absolutely. Um, much better performance again. Dane Coles, another player, gets involved, didn't get involved this time, um, which was really good. Um, so Stephen's back, and can he hear me again? Nope, he still can't hear me. So unfortunately, um, we'll have to wait and see if uh, if, if Stephen can uh, can get himself um, sorted out. Um, hopefully, um, uh, Kira is ready to take um, Kano's mantle, but uh, bring his own style. Yes, I, I, look, we don't want, we don't want people trying to copy players. Um, the uh, but if uh, if he, if he can, um, that would be good. So yeah, we got Stephen Stephen back there. Um, we have. We have. That's good. So I was going to say, um, yeah, it'd be good. Good if if, if Kerry can nail down that six jersey. I, I put a tweet out though, but um, who would have thought, um, and uh, before this weekend, that a Kerry Iwani might get more caps than Rico Iwani as an All Black. <laughs> Yeah, ex exactly. That 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 could be on the card, especially if he nails down that jersey. Of course, Rico's still trying to find his way in uh, that uh, number thirteen jersey. But what I like about Akira, we saw his full range range of skills. We know that he's a good ball carrier. We know that he's tackling, but he's just doing the little things really well and a really good line out option as well. We know he's got really really good hands. You know, we don't often see Akira don't often see Akira drop passes. True, but it's it's kind of really interesting that um, I think there was a mention during the the the, the, the build up that I think he only took two line outs the Blues in the entire season, mm. and that actually he isn't normally a line out option. I think partially maybe his um, his weight means that he's uh, not the best person to um, for, for for lifting. Um, he was, yeah, he's got good hands for when he's when he, when he's because obviously being a sevens player. Um, but uh, perhaps perhaps the line out option is the one is the one little area that they need to perhaps work on um, a bit. But if you've got um, 
uh, if you're playing ID Surveyor, ID Surveyor is a line-out option. Um, and then if you've got RD plus the two locks, do you need more than three, really? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, whether if you, it's, again, just because you've got six on your back doesn't mean you have to be necessarily. It's, it's the balance of those back three. One of them has to be a line-out option. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be him if, if, if someone else can do it. Mm, I agree. Um, the, I, the obviously the other happy thing that they were very happy about is the fact that they, they they nilled this Argentina side. Now, um, Aaron did make the point. Look, there were ten changes there for for, for the Pumas. Now, um, so clearly this is not the this is not the same Pumas side they played two weeks ago. Um, the Pum- having Argentina being asked to play four back to back tests um, against the uh, um, two against the Wallabies and two against the All Blacks. Um, I'm not sure that uh, uh, even a Rugby World Cup, you, when you do the quarterfinals, semifinals, final, you're only, you're only playing three back-to-back. Um, so this is probably as hard a, a four weeks as they will ever get. Um, and to expect the same side to roll out for four weeks in the trot was always not just was, – was never going to be possible. Um, you know, we, I think we all knew that they were going to struggle – Towards the end of this series, because yeah, it's just too much, um, uh, t- too much there yeah. um, for them to play. So um, the um, so what do you think about that? About, about, about so that, uh, Ardi, Akira, and Satutu as your back three, or or, 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 or you have Kane being in there at the moment soon. Um, it's probably not going to happen, Aaron, because <laughs> the captain, the captain's not there. Um, I, I think. <laughs> That, that, that might be your back row if Kane ever got injured, um, I, I, I would su- suggest. But uh, no, you'd, you'd still have Kane in there. I mean, I say Sam Kane, was, he was still pretty accurate in this test match, especially over the ball. You mentioned those combinations with Argentina before. I don't think they could get anything going because their set piece was under the pump. And you could just see the miscommunication when they did try to try to attack. And it was probably even more exploited when their reserves came on uh, later in the game, a couple of misdirected passes that got picked off by uh, by uh, Will Jordan, who we'll get to a little bit later, Paul. So, yeah, with all those changes, yeah, it, it, it wasn't going to be easy to bet in. Although I, I actually was really impressed with them defensively. They scrambled really well, and at times they've got a they um they get they flood they flood support areas to stop continuity, and they do that really really well. Um, just something else I noticed too. On, uh, I think defensive defensive lineouts they seem to shift Sanchez into the into the lineout. I don't know if you don't know if you noticed that. So uh, they obviously don't like him defending in defending in the line where he goes into the line lineout and he defends on the side where the attack goes away from. Interesting tactic, and that's that's a Michael Checker move, from what I believe. Yeah, Checker, you've put, we've definitely seen players uh, like Quade Cooper. Um, and oh, um, begins with Foley, Maybe Foley, Foley. Yeah. and Foley would defend in what would traditionally be the hooker position um, in the in the tram lines um, at a lineout, which is all good and well if um, you, uh, as long as the opposition actually win their lineout. If you win your lineout and you then try and counterattack <laughs> with your playmaker, pretty much as far right on the edge of the pitch, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. So. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to protect that ten channel, but it does mean that if you if you if you win the ball, you don't you don't get the opportunity to counter attack because you have yeah, to take, yeah. take two phases to reset and get you get your playmaker back in back in position. Yeah. Um, so it swings and roundabouts. I'm not a great fan of it um, because of that point. Alex, yeah, look, there are a number of teams at the moment, um, and the Pumas are one. Um, England are another one. Um, that basically the game plan is. Get a few points on the board, get in front, and then just defend and tackle for your lives. Um, and I don't mean that necessarily in a desperate way, but just because they are so good at tackling uh, and so good at defence, um, which does mean this Puma side cannot afford to go behind. A bit like I'm not sure, whilst the England side are playing very well at the moment, if that England side goes behind, I can see them trying to play catch-up rugby is a, is, is, is difficult. Um it's a game plan that works really, really well um, when you get in front and you're uh, because that stifling defence uh, they've worked a lot on um, is massive. And you look at this, the um, the Argentinian side here, um, 
As as Akura, the the the, the scrum half made thirteen tackles <laughs> in this oh, game. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. As I mean, Montoya with ten, um, Medrano fourteen, um, um, Pagad uh, Devels at the, the the lock thirteen, Matera fourteen, Kramer fifteen, Issa thirteen. Look, they got through a lot of work. Um, and uh, look, that's uh, and, and they, they did it very well. They didn't miss that many tackles, but they did spend a lot of time defending and they're happy to do that. But the point is they need to get the points on the board first uh, because they can't chase a game, uh, unfortunately. But they are they are but they are making themselves very difficult to beat. <laughs> oh, um, absolutely, Paul. Just get get the attack side of their game right. Um, that'll 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 be the really key. So to, for me, uh, attack. Some of their some of their skill sets too do need a little bit of improvement, as as well. Um, but like like you say, totally agree with you. When they get behind, a couple of tries behind, all of a sudden, they, I think they, I would suggest their game plan goes out the window. Or, or a couple of little nice moves that they actually got them behind the All Blacks. But once again, the All Blacks did what they did to them: flooded the support, got people, got people over the ball, and of course you you create uh, turnovers. Because let's let's not get away from it; they do have a really attacking back three who have all got pace and can attack from from the back. So, um, yeah, yeah. earlier, as previously said, they had to rest some players after three weeks in a row. And I think you'll probably, they'll go and throw the kitchen sink at Australia next week. I mean, so how good it would, would it be to get a, uh, a victory over both the All Blacks and the Australians along with a draw, you know, this, despite... Maybe not having not having enough points to to win this particular championship, boy, that would be successful campaign. Yep. Um, look, I, I think getting that, getting the first win over the All Blacks and getting a draw with the Wallabies, this is a successful campaign for them already. Mm. Um, but yeah, if, if they get a win next weekend, they'll they'll be over the moon. Um, so one of the so the the, the top meters run um, for the All Blacks um, was Will Jordan with only four runs. Um, <laughs> 21 meters. Um, Ardi Surveyor 15 carries for 47 meters. Um, Will Jordan four for 121. Um, like he came on and uh, okay, it was against a tiring defense. Um, and uh, uh, he had two, he was know, you've got to be in the right place at the right time and then have the pace to finish it off. Um, but um, yeah, uh, those are the opportunities dropped into his lap, and boy oh boy, did he take them with both hands. So, are you one of the ones that, uh, that 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 still has some some big question marks around selecting players out of position, particularly in that back three? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of do, and I, like I say, I go back to that interview we had with uh, Shane from um, from Gainline um, Analytics. Gain analytics. Yep. analytics, you know, who basically said, "Listen, stats don't lie. The All Blacks are successful when they've got a settled team." Not, not chopping and changing, and I still think we're chopping and changing. If this is going to be our permanent midfield, stick to these guys. Um, I'm, I'm not sold on Geordie Barrett as a winger, um, but I, I, but I do believe something like somebody like Will, Will Jordan, while he's a fullback, just possesses a little bit more X factor and a little bit more pace. Uh, can do something out of nothing. I think the likes of Clip, um, Caleb Clark has got one of those wings very much down pad because he's just it just offers so much power, um, but I, I think it's now time for this these all black coaches to settle on whatever their best twenty three is. Yeah, and I'm. Um, whilst I think yeah, I mean Bowden Barrett, two times World Player of the Year, um, it's very difficult to leave him out. Jordy Barrett has been playing fantastically at fifteen this season, um, and I would yes, I would look at putting him back at fifteen, and I would actually put Bowden. Um, either at well, probably at 10, and I dropped Richard Rich Mwanga to 21. Um, now, a lot of people say no, Richard Mwanga has earned that jersey, um, and that actually Bowden's perhaps the one that should, should uh, or Jordy should drop out into the uh, into that 23 jersey. Um, but um, uh, I, I, I think Jordy's had a fantastic year uh, at 15, and just the length of his kicking uh, and just having that available is just. And he is an X Factor player himself. He does uh, not 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 in the flashy way that Jordan does, but he is he is at the right he's not at the right place at the right time, um, uh, and and, uh, and and knows his way to the line. So yeah, I I, I would 
And if you look at dropping Richard Moanga personally, um, there is too many players to try and fit in there that uh, mm. you're going to have some extreme quality on the bench. Look, um, look, yeah, look at look at Damien McKenzie. You know, once upon a time he was always a, a feature of this all 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 black, all black team. But boy, now what to do with not what to do with D Mac? We know he he um, what he can bring to the table. But boy, is he just one of these play, players that uh, is just paying the pro- price for being a, a jack of two good trades at ten and fifteen, but a master of maybe none of them. I think he's a player that's just that's, that's, that's paying the, the price for, for getting injured at the wrong time. Um, he was the key player in that All Blacks 2019 squad heading to the Rugby World Cup. He was the guy that was going to give them the right balance in the overall 31-man squad um, and was irreplaceable at Twitter at 15. He had to play him at 15. He had to have Barrett at 10. Um, he got injured, and that threw an awful lot of plans out the window. Um, and mm. some of the All Blacks coaches were were, 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 were scrabbling up for Plan B. Um, so, um, so yeah. So for me, um, I would uh, uh, yeah. It, it's it's yeah. It's a shame. But yeah, you got to say, you know, will Damien McKenzie get another get another All Black cap? Cap. I mean, not in the first choice side. I don't think so. Um, unless Jordy Barrett has said in the past that his his position is twelve. So will we see him? Um, a bit like Rico Wani said, my, my position is 13. Oh. Will we see Jordy um, try and move into that 12 jersey? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we, we just seem to be flooded with a whole lot of uh, uh, outside backs at the moment. It's a case of wanting wanting to know exactly who you're going to have in there because even back here in, in New Zealand, we saw two guys two guys running around last week who, who would never let an all-black jersey down in, in Rayasi while we didn't see a lot of them. But you also look at somebody like David Havili, who's a fantastic footballer, jeepers, good, good under, the, good under the high ball. You know these two guys. If they're anywhere else in the world, they're probably, they're probably playing international rugby right now. So the good news for Ian Foster, well, you've got another three years, mate, to figure out <laughs> who, 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 who your top fifteen is. If you can't work that out, if you can't work that out already, well, that's um, you've you've got problems, really. Well, and then you talk about someone like Lester Fane Ugu. Um, where, where, where does he fit in? Um, mm. I've got a funny feeling we might have to play for the Pacific Islands. Uh, I don't, I'm quite sure what, what, what his heritage is, but um, I wonder if he can uh, get himself. Uh, um, some, but yeah, he, but he, he's, he's another player that looks totally like uh, ready for, for international rugby again. Um, and a bit like um, Caleb Clark with that power game. Um, yeah, it's something that I think he'll, he'll, he'll bring that uh, other players can't. And uh, I think, yeah, Dave McKenzie. Um, Alex says that uh, Geordie's boot, Edges Dame McKenzie, I think also his size. I think that we one of the, I think it's one of those things we need to sort of say if you, if you uh, is that uh, we've always always been a sort of a, a little bit of a question mark is, is Damac big enough for international rugby? Um, and uh, he was, but um, not yet. Um, Simon says, are fixtures for next year's July internationals confirmed? Um, the, the, um, I've heard it's Italy we're playing in it in a two test series. Wow, that'll be interesting. Um, now, next year being a um, is in theory a Lions year. So England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales basically are not available to tour. Um, so France, by the sounds of it, is going to Australia. Um, looking at Simon's one, which means then we get uh, Italy uh, here in New Zealand. And so yeah, so it's um, it's a bit of a weak um, July internationals uh, window if. Um, uh, if uh, if they do go ahead, I mean, we saw COVID. Uh, it's, it's it's still still an issue, folks. Yes, there are uh, talks of a vaccine, but I can't see that that the world will return to normal by July next year. So we're going to have to see how that um, how that all pans out. Um, but so yes, even being in, being a Lions year, uh, a pretty a pretty weak um, uh, a, a weak July window for Foster to get uh, to get three wins in, which we quite he'll he'll, he'll be happy with. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, he, he should be. It's quite interesting. I I thought I'd, I know we'll get to them very shortly, but I thought I'd have a look at the England team, um, you know, and and sort of compare them to the team that we actually saw at at, at the World Cup. Now you, you pretty much go through the that that uh, England pack, especially of uh, Marco Vunipolo, Jamie George, Carl Sinkler, Mario Toje, uh, Joe Launchbury, Tom Curry, Sam Underhill, Billy Vunipolo. Well. 
that's almost a year, and it's pretty much almost the same pack that England fielded against the uh, against the All Blacks over over twelve months ago. Uh, Paul, so it just shows you they're, they're relatively consistent as well. And even if you look into their backline, Elliot Daly, uh, Jonathan Joseph, Henry Slade, Owen Farrell, Johnny May, George Ford, and Ben Youngs, you know, pretty close to the same side. You know, you can see Eddie Jones not making a hell of a lot of changes, just trying to stay completely with that same same winning uh, formula. Yeah, and also, look, there's a bunch of young guys there. So, I mean, um, uh, um, JJ, Jonathan Joseph, uh, moving on to the wing is perhaps the, the one change we also have seen Jack now, I think who's injured now, um, uh, has, has, has been uh, been sort of out, out there at the Rugby World Cup. Um, but apart from that, yeah, you are looking at pretty much the uh, the, the World Cup side. Um, they've lost Cruis and um, uh, so he's gone to Japan. I think Courtney Laws, Courtney Laws also is perhaps getting on and perhaps mm-hmm. won't make it to the next Rugby World Cup. So he's probably been moved on. Um, so look, the the yeah, they're keeping the, the core of the squad together. Plus, changing a few uh, on the bench is probably a couple of names you wouldn't, uh, who weren't around at the last World Cup. But apart from that, yeah, you're right. It is he is um, uh, he is sticking with with, with that. Um, but again, uh, they um, instead of playing two fullbacks, he's got he's, he's playing extra centre as a winger uh, in Jonathan Joseph. So yeah, a different uh, different op- a different um, approach by um, by Eddie Jones. And look again, they got themselves ahead of Wales uh, and just defended uh, just like against against Ireland and. Look, they um, whilst it looks like a fairly close score, Wales weren't really. Uh, it was much better performance by Wales, but they weren't really going to beat uh, beat England. Um, and uh, but we should, I just want to bring up the table for the um, rugby championship, um, and then we can uh, you can see there that New Zealand top of the table now on eleven points, and with a, with a, a points difference of sixty four points, means that even if Argentina or um, Australia get the uh, try bonus point win. Uh, the, the the All Blacks will come out with the with, with the championship. Um, both those sides, well, uh, Argentina are minus twenty eight and uh, Australia are minus thirty six now. Um, are for uh, after their three games, um, so uh, yeah, both those sides scored. Well, they're scoring at about what 12, 13 points a game, mm. whereas uh, the All Blacks scoring at closer to thirty. Um, which uh, yeah tells you it tells you a story definitely there. Argentina three games one try. Um, and yeah, look, it's built off defence. I think which is what we talked about. Um, whereas uh, Australia, yeah, they've got three tries in their three games. Um, and again, yeah, not a high scoring uh, team so far. But uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how how uh, how it all pans out next weekend. Um, it's, uh, it should be a cracking game between uh, the Pumas um, and uh, Australia. Um, any final points, um, Stephen? You want to have a want to sort of um, uh, talk about? No, no. There's uh, probably not much, not not much to say. Just looking at, at, at table, something super ex- extraordinary would have to win it, win to basically change those. Averages around those two teams would have to, to conspire and have maybe a no tackle game in that in that <laughs> final in that in that final test to get the averages right. But I, I I'd say the All Blacks have got this one pretty wrapped up because I think for Argentina to beat Australia Australia they'd have to play a similar sort of game that they did against Australia in in the, the last test. I I think it would be almost suicidal for them to go out with a, an open game plan that would play more into Australia's hands. Listen, I'm expecting Australia to bounce back in this game. I think they they would be pretty irked that didn't they didn't take that win against Argentina in in that last game. Had they taken that win, they'd be sitting very very pretty to take out this championship pool. Absolutely, and also look as, as we said, four four Test matches back to back over four weekends for the for the for the Pumas. It's going to take its toll. So um, looking forward to the game. Um, I can't see the I can't see the Pumas beating the Wallabies by ninety points. And I can't see the Wallabies beating um, the, uh, the, Pu- the the Pumas by what is it 100 points they need um, to, win, to take out the championship. So um, yeah, the All Blacks should should, should be crowned champions um, in isolation next weekend. Um, so folks, do, do join us um, at, on Tuesday evening um, at 8 p.m. for the Driving Mall Show. Um, perhaps have some uh, minor 10 cup awards uh, to give out. I think uh, in that one. Um, as well as uh, discuss any other topics. If you've got any questions for us, please do let me know at Driving Mall on Twitter um, or uh, um, 
or you can leave a comment if you're on, on uh, New Zealand Sports Radio dot or nzsportradio.com. Uh, leave a comment um, at the bottom of this um, this this post, uh, and you'll be able to um, and we'll we'll answer your questions on Tuesday evening at eight pm. Thank you, Roach Stephen, for joining me. It's been an absolute uh, cracking weekend of rugby, um, and uh, folks, hope you've all enjoyed your wonderful weekend. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.